You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. This meeting is being recorded. Did you guys just hear that? <laughs> yeah. Does it always say that? It's never said that for me before. Okay, okay. I was like, what? Well, yeah, usually I'm the one that's recording, and I, like, I don't know what it says on other people's ends, so I just thought that was normal. I've never heard that before. Okay, well, if I wasn't being followed before, definitely being followed now. Um, thank you, creepy signal, or no, 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 not signal. Um, thank Zoom. you, creepy Zoom voice. Um so creepy Zoom voice. I'm Maddie the Vixen. My co-host, as usual, Jesse here, and we are joined this evening by our f- new friends from Biting the Bullet podcast, Luke and Typo. What's up? Thanks for having us on. Hey, happy <laughs> to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, happy to have you guys. So, um, yeah, before we started recording, we just were shooting the shit and really just madly maddie rambling um but so realized that we've never had any kind of like active duty or veteran um guest on our show and actually it's been a while maybe jesse when was the last time we had two people on the show with us at a time maybe not in a while yeah in a minute it's hard it's hard uh, having multiple yeah. people <laughs> i think that when we when we started um mansplain march we had Cam and, Pre- and uh, oh, yeah. Thaddeus. Yeah, that's so. true. All right, but th- but Cam kind of took over. Cam's yeah, that's right. Pre- Cam, Cam kind of took over the show for us, per, per Cam and per the mansplain. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. That is the last time. But yeah, it, it was very. Uh, it was a circus, but it was everything we it, wanted. In all honesty, though, like sometimes when like a guest comes on and kind of takes over the show, it kind of like gives you a sense of relief. Oh, like we yeah. were like, oh, like I just <laughs> yeah. kind of had to go with this yeah. person and like, so, I mean, just, like, you know, ask you know, questions here and there. Anytime you guys yep. just want to like take off and go on an anti-military and no, I'm just kidding. Anti-military, <laughs> um, you know, we're here for it. Um, kind of kidding, semi-kidding, but really in all honesty, um, you know, we specifically wanted to schedule this, um, you know, chat with you around the time, you know, we'd all be celebrating Memorial Day. We'd all be getting um inundated with more state propaganda and oh, yeah i mean it's really it's really annoying you know having, <laughs> having having woken up a bit over the past few years especially it is really annoying like i i and i don't know i still really love like the national anthem but yeah, now yeah. i'm so jaded by just everything i kind of am a lot more aware of now and you know being oh. I'll say that when even even when you're in the military um, and say you have that status mindset, you believe the military is good, whatever you fought for freedom, even if you have that mentality, it's still annoying for veterans on Memorial Day because Memorial Day is supposed to be for the ones that have fallen. 
and mm-hmm. yeah. it's like the ones that have passed away it's not for the ones that are alive it's not yeah. for like it's not for us it's not actually for veterans it's for the ones that have fallen and died in whatever conflict or whatever so a lot of times when it's because people most people just don't really honestly a lot of people don't know the difference they mm-hmm. just think it, Memorial Day, Veterans Day kind of like kind of conflates in the same way. So when you are in the military and you have that mindset, you get a lot of people that are like, oh, happy Memorial Day. You know, you're a veteran. And then since like you're so <laughs> core and in, deep inside the status mentality, you're like, it's actually not for me. And you, <laughs> you have to explain to people that like, oh, it's actually for the people that died and not for me right now. So it was always it's, it's even annoying for veterans, too. And and yeah. Like that was always a big thing. And then there was always the guys that were mad about people being happy during Memorial Day. And it was like, oh, bro, yeah. it's yeah. like, it's like, yo, do you think, <sighs> and, and we'd have to, I've gotten in these arguments, especially coming to the, you know, the mindset that we have now, gotten in these arguments with guys that are still in that, that mindset and uh, in that status mindset. And it's like, bro, you really think they want you to be sad this entire day? Like, that that's what you want? Yeah. That's what you want? Yeah. You want to wallow in self-pity and depression for an entire day that's meant to be taken out for these people? Like, that's not... If they were here, they wouldn't want you to do that. So, yeah. it, and I, I'd always get so annoyed with people, even while I was in, um, and still in that mindset, that I was just like, why are you like this? And I don't know, it just goes back to the whole thing where I think vets and active duty military people that are brought into that propaganda are so egotistical when it comes to things like the holidays that come around for us or you know the special privileges that you get in certain situations and it's like bro you just need you're not fighting for freedom you're not doing any of these things that you think you are like let's just calm down we sat at the barracks for four years and didn't do shit except get drunk um make really bad jokes (laughs) <laughs> and you know like talk about what we're going to do next weekend even though it's the same thing that we did this weekend my, my favorite real quick my favorite part about memorial day is in when like my uncle that was in the military that never deployed never did a goddamn thing when he shares those memes that are like when oh, when man. you're enjoying your barbecue remember why we have this day off and it's like you know a gravestones from uh, arlington <laughs> cemetery yeah or yeah, you just like you it's know, like a ghost eagle, eagle. Over it's, it's yeah. A- <laughs> yeah, yeah. George yeah, Washington like a- sailing the Delaware with the yeah, like yeah, off in the background. It, it, it's so over the top, <laughs> and it's such yeah. a like. This is kind of what we were talking about today. Is that a lot of people in this country, even the people in the military, have a massive uh, illusion of what the military actually does. We were just talking. I mean, I we kind of talked about this on my podcast, but I made a tweet. And I basically said that um, the joining the military is welfare for conservatives. And it pissed a lot of people off. But I saw that. It's kind of true. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of true in the sense that, yes, it's true. Even if you come from the mindset that, like, the people that go and fight in our wars, you think that's justified, whatever. Even if you think that those people should be compensated for and have all the benefits, the reality is that's not what most of the military is doing. everyone has this illusion and you hear it from a lot of people is like uh it's either we're going everyone in the military is going over to the middle east and murdering babies which is an extreme it happens but not everyone in the military is doing it or 
everyone in the military is fighting for freedom to protect us from terrorists. And actually, they're both wrong because most people in the military don't do a goddamn thing. Most people in the military pretend to play, like pretend they're going to war. They play pretend. They get to shoot all the rockets and blow blow targets up and whatever, but they never actually do anything. They just play pretend for four years and get the same benefits as someone that would go over there and, and like maybe legit fight an actual terrorist that's, you know, did something horrible like or they lost their buddy or lost their leg i mean there's slight differences in like the medical perspective like if you actually get hurt you get a little bit more benefits but overall you get the same benefits as if i just sat in okinawa for two years and got drunk and then went to california and did the same thing i got the same benefits as someone that literally would be considered a warrior in a lot of people's mindset Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean it's a government program yep yeah, we, we were talking yeah. about, we yeah. were talking, like, the big thing that we were talking about today was propaganda, and it was, like, their recruitment videos. I saw one today that was, uh, Yikes. they, oh yeah, they sent, they sent somebody, they sent it to our, our DMs on Instagram, I can't remember who it was, but they sent a, uh, constitute, they sent the Constitution, and on the other side of the Constitution, it was, like, join the U.S. Marine Corps, and I was, like, this is fucking hysterical, first off, but then the other one that we were talking about was the Army, and uh, they're ha- they're having a big push for, like, obviously, if you look at it and you dissect it from, like, our standpoint and our viewpoint, mm-hmm. you know, the libertarian perspective or anarchist perspective, whatever, you look at it and it's just, it's aimed towards minorities. Like, everybody in the picture is minorities. Everybody, it, it, you know, the one that we watched today and put on our show was, uh, it was about uh, uh, a young white woman with blonde hair, blue eyes, but two moms. Like, that was the minority they were going for, the demographic. <laughs> And it was like, it was so, it was hysterical. That's Luke, by the way. That's yeah. Luke, by the way. Yeah. 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 But uh, it was, it was hysterical. It was so funny. And it was like, if that girl goes like, and she, it's an actual person, or at least they show you that it's an actual person. She comes out at the end, the end. Um, if that person was in there, it's like, I bet you everything in the military, if she came from those beliefs that a young woman from California with two lesbian moms came from probably did not have a great time she's not having a good time in the military she's not having a good time at all like there's no way i hope she does like girl i'm sorry (laughs) yeah exactly and that's the thing where it's like and and it's aiming towards these minorities constantly and uh like i feel bad because first on one hand like it's it's aimed towards these minorities because they're oftentimes in positions that they don't feel other other ways out which is why the tweet that typo made is perfect because it's yeah. you know welfare for conservatives i mean i wasn't a conservative typo was though and you know from humble beginnings like most of us that were especially in the marine corps i swear it's the biggest degenerate like mixing pool ever um every all of us are poor single mothers you know like the list goes on and you can aim the stereotype wherever you want to and now they're trying to get the minority trap in there. And it's like, fuck, man, this is bad. This is really bad. Yeah, I think it really says a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. The whole the whole Memorial Day, I, it's going to be so bad this weekend. I'm glad I'm going to be, like, disconnected from everything going on a trip. But uh, it's it's going to be intense this weekend. I'm glad I'm going to miss most of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hel- helps that I don't have TV. Yeah. Oh, you don't have any TVs? No, I mean, I have, you, you know. just don't like, watch it? I don't have cable. So that's oh, shit. Uh, to clarify. Yeah. 
So I don't. Well, we, I, yeah, I don't get we have a lot cable, but we're weird. We're weird. No one our age has fucking cable, but we have yeah, it because what are you well, doing? we have <laughs> four. We kind of got forced into this goddamn contract because our uh, old roommates and co-hosts decided to get us into it and then <laughs> bounce out to Kentucky like an asshole. And uh, but so we thought, but we're really into fucking like football. Like, uh, even though it's, even though that's riddled with goddamn propaganda, yeah, yes, I, I hate 100%. it, but I still, I love fucking football. So we have cable for that. Wait, <laughs> um, are you guys roommates in the same house? Like right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we've lived together. So like we always joke and it's like, we've, I've lived with typo basically. Like he was two rooms down from me in the Marine Corps. Uh-huh. Um, when I first met him, and I basically lived with him. And then when I moved to a different base, like in a different country, back to the United States, he literally moved to the same barracks. Like fucking, yeah, like right across the, like literally less than five minute walking distance from me. So we've been together for since 2014. Dude, it's 2000, yeah, 14. Yeah. yeah. So minute, yeah. we've been, so we've known each other for seven years and lived within five minutes of each other for at least seven years. We decided to do this because we were retarded. Uh, we <laughs> get drunk a lot. And then we talked about politics for a long time <laughs> and we were like, we should yeah. record this because people will like find it. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's, I wish, I wish like before, like we, we talked about starting our podcast so many times drunk in our backyard before we finally like pulled the trigger and i really wish we recorded like our conversations when we first moved in together because it was so like mild tone libertarian arguing like we were arguing about like how much money we should give public education like where we are now it was so it was it was gary no, johnson it was Gary Johnson, Bill Weld, Libertarian. Like, that's what it was. <laughs> it was Be- Beltway Libertarians. Shit. Yeah. Yep. That's how it was. And, you know, we just, obviously, it's like that saying where it's like, what's the difference between a minarchist and an anarchist? It's six, six months. Six months. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, literally, my last position, the last, my last holdout on why we needed a government was um, education. And I was like, I don't know how kids that, where I grew up, like, I was like, I don't know how they're going to get an education. Like, I, I just didn't, I was like, there's no way. Like, I would have gotten nothing. Single mom household, you know, lived in the ghettos of Phoenix, Arizona. And, um, you know, I was just like, there's no way. And then I, I came more, I came into more like a economist standpoint, I guess. Like, I, I looked at it more economically. And Typo and Jared, uh, who was our roommate at the time, he was one of our, he was one of the co-hosts uh, when we first started. They, they were like, we were I don't know, blitzed drunk, just like absolutely gone to the wind. And we were yelling at each other in our backyard in this white suburban. Well, we did. It was this white suburban neighborhood. It's called Awatuki, and we call it all white Tuki because that's basically (laughs) what it is. And uh, we're yelling. They love public education. Oh, well, yeah, they probably loved education and they didn't appreciate three Marines at fuck three o'clock in the morning yelling at each other um and uh jared was just like you really think nobody's going to try and like educate these people for money at a lower cost in anywhere else 
Like, you don't think that's going to happen? And I was just like, damn, I'm wrong. I'm an anarchist now. <laughs> beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just gone. It just went away. It's and, when he, yeah. It's when he started bringing up India. And he talked about how in, people in India can get, like, education for, like, almost a dollar a day or yeah. something like that. And when he, when he said that, Luke was like, fuck. <laughs> and probably a better like, education so than we get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. It's the funny, whole thing it's funny was that, crazy. That was, your, that was your last, like, holdout. Um, that was yeah. one of my first things to be like, nope, got it. <laughs> don't even think about it. But really? I also, I worked in the school system for a bit. Yeah. And then, like, even t when I lived uh, abroad, I was teaching in, like, the quote-unquote private sector teaching. Mm -hmm. And at, that was bad, too. But, like, I've, I've mentioned before somewhere that um, it was riddled with corruption and government subsidies so it's like yeah. is it really private no it's not <laughs> yeah it's like that it's that that uh all state commercial we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two <laughs> yes exactly. yeah I, well and that's yeah. the same thing with the military i think yeah. you see a, a large outpouring of veterans coming into this community now um i first i'd like to say it's because of people like us that are actually speaking about it you know other vets that are actually talking and being like here's the fucking pill and we're here, like, come here, yeah. guys. Like, you're not yeah. alone, and you won't exactly. be alone. Exactly, exactly. And that's kind of how we felt, like, at the beginning of this, was, was kind of alienated towards it. Like, you know, you come into any of those, like, kind of anarchy, really yeah. strict minarchist uh, groups, and you're a baby killer, you know? And it's like, yeah. I fucking, I get it. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong, but, like, Bro, I just sat on an island in Japan for two years, and then I went to California, and I, I literally didn't even, like, the only time I fired around was that paper once a year, you know? It, mm -hmm. what do you, I'm not a baby killer. I understand what you're talking about, but yeah, you're being very aggressive over something that I was like, I, I agree, but, like, I didn't do it, so, yeah. like, what the fuck? And, um, you know, it, it's it's gotten to the point now where I think a lot more people are more welcoming of veterans into the movement because it's an asset. I think it's an asset and people have started to realize that. Yeah. Cause you guys have seen so much waste, you know, I think that you, you firsthand see how our military is just a waste of money <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and time and yeah. effort. Like a, and <laughs> yeah. It seems to me like a very dangerous game to play. Like, building up and putting on this show and spending all this money and honestly creating the enemies that they say we need you for mm -hmm. like we need this military for mm -hmm. all these enemies but it's like the enemies are kind of being created in response to our actions absolutely yeah, yeah for it's, sure and and that's why <laughs> it's it's uh it's spicy welfare that's what i'm gonna start calling that it's spicy welfare so it's you know, you get all the benefits of welfare, you know, your education, your... Yeah, maybe your, more. Your, your, edu your education, your medical, you get a weekly paycheck, but mm -hmm. you might end up with PTSD for, you know, shooting a kid in Iraq or Afghanistan or yeah. any of those other ones. Yeah. <laughs> At least now I... you guys, there's a term for it, right? <laughs> Spicy right. welfare. I'm, I'm well, coining well, it now. Well, I meant like at least P they like PTSD is a recognized thing now, which yeah, again yeah. Might, be, might be turned against you um, as you know being military being ex military seems to be um, some kind of target these days. I don't know if you guys have felt that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, 
Um, I mean, just from experience on our podcast, like uh, we've had some people on our podcast that were actually still active mm -hmm. in the military, which is a huge, like, especially with the shit that we talk about, not okay. Like even, yeah, even yeah, like yeah. I, I was sketched out about the people coming on. Like, I was like, are you sure? What can be really anonymous with you? Like, what do you want? But uh, now, like, we literally know friends that have been either contacted or straight up investigated by the NCIS and the FBI for literally coming on our podcast and talking about the things that they talk about. Yeah. Oh, crap. I wasn't yeah. kidding when, you know, if I wasn't looked at before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesse, so now you guys might be on some watch list. We're screwed. You guys just made the list. <laughs> Definitely on a list now. Definitely on a list. We might already be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're probably already I, I, Yeah. I, I know that we've gotten kicked out of some people's like COCs, like their command centers. Like they're like, you're not allowed to listen to that here. Um, I don't know why you would listen to it in the open um, with your command around because. Yeah, yeah, our whole shtick is, you know, just shitting on the military. Like, it, it's so easy. They make yeah. it so easy. And, uh, yeah, uh, so I know for a fact that we've gotten – at least people know who we are in the military, and they're, uh, they can watch us as long as, as much as they want. And there is that faction, or like what you were talking about earlier, where it's like they're looking at active-duty military. There was a, there was a case here um, – I think it was about a year before I got out because I got out first and it was about a year before I got out and it was a guy down in Tucson and he was a Marine and he had been out for quite a few years. Uh, he'd been out for a while and uh, his brother was implicated in some drug runs and things like that and they wanted to search, but they couldn't connect him to anything and they wanted they thought that at this Marine's house, this guy, I can't remember his name right now, but they thought at his house they could find some connection to where the drugs are going, what's happening, and blah, 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 blah. Turns out this guy had nothing to do with it. His family had nothing to do with it. He lived with his wife and, like, I think two kids. And at, I don't know, it was in the afternoon at one point, and they broke into his house. He was uh, he worked overnights, and uh, he was asleep. He heard somebody breaking into his house. He told his wife and kids to get into the closet of his room, and he takes his AR-15 and goes down the hall and goes to clear, like, what – whatever's happening and it was a SWAT raid on his house and he didn't shoot a single bullet oh, no. and he got lit up like oh. destroyed and I think they I think it was something like 20 plus bullets were in his body and uh the, his trigger and where his safety is was on safe the entire time so that means he realized who it was and didn't go like realized oh shit it's the police put it back yeah. on safety because he would have had it on uh, knowing from his experience and what he went through. He was in Iraq, I think in one of the original pushes, it, he would have had that thing on fire and realized who it was, put it to safe and then got lit up by the police. And it came out later. He had nothing. There was nothing. They found nothing. And it was a no knock raid. And uh, he was killed because of, and the reason why the, uh, response was so large and they used a SWAT team in that sense was because he was uh, a veteran and had seen um, combat. So they thought that he could be a threat and they killed him for it. Yeah. I think, I, you know, that seems to be, it seems to be where like, there's really no real respect for veterans by the, by the, your own government, you know, you're not trusted by your own government. And I th there was another guy that I talked to. I don't know if it was Seaburn or somebody else. 
uh, in, on another podcast and he was talking about how if you go, if you have like suicidal thoughts or you're having PTSD or anything and you go and you talk to, I guess your leader, um, right. your command. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're considered like under investigation and they treat you all suspiciously. So there's really, and even, I mean, there's just no benefit to really disclosing if you're having any problems. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's the hidden trope is they, they, they tell it, they, they tell us and preach it to us all the time that if you go ask for help, nothing will come of it. But that's just not true. And your problems worse. It sounds like, yeah, it's just not true. And it's not even feasible for the military to do that. If someone's doing something that you would consider important or going on a deployment somewhere and they start talking about suicidal thoughts, well, you don't want to send that person into a high stress situation. Right. You at shouldn't. the same time, they, yeah. yeah, at the same time, they preach to us about how like, oh, please reach out and get help. Well, that's not always what they do. A lot of times what they do is they'll hold up your career. If you want to try to make a career of it, they'll make you go through some like bullshit counseling and in some cases, they'll even put like a fire watch or someone that will basically walk around you all the time, making sure that you're not trying to kill yourself. Yes. And the majority of the time babysitter. And they'll try to separate you from the military. And everyone knows. And everyone knows. There's no discrepancy in the military. I mean, they, they pretend that there is, but like everyone that you work with lives in the same building as you. Mm-hmm. so like <sighs> it's very easy for like oh so-and-so committed suicide and like within an hour most of the unit knows and they it's don't like even the announce worst. it to anyone it's just people word of mouth yeah. like and, 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 and the fucked up part is, yes. is they want to, <laughs> yes yes it's like the dmv is running your life and it's terrible yeah <laughs> it's absolutely terrible situation um but yeah they, they like going trying to reach out for help and like I'm not. If someone is like seriously in that problem, and you are in the military. You should reach out for help. Fuck your career. Yeah. Fuck whatever they're going to get out. Like, get get help. And yeah, there is get out. And there yeah, get out. But there that is would be my yeah advice. There is resources they do supply. It doesn't have the best credentials, and it's not recognized as something that really helps you. But at least try. It's better than just trying to hide it and stuff it down like the rest of us did, and just put her head down and and try to go through it. And hope for the Bottling best. Bottling that shit up gets a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. bottling up shit and emotions as a human who's not in the military is rough. I mean, right? I'm not having a great time, but <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get flagged by my employer if I say yeah. I need to take a day off for some mental health. Right. Right. But I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. like you just said, you guys have ramifications. And it's, and and it's such a, it's yeah, and it's such like a high pressure thing that they in a way tell people to rat on your friend if he has these thoughts so when you confidently <laughs> tell someone you're it, the, what yeah what you're told to do is immediately go tell like your chain of command the chaplain um like i don't know whoever that's kind of a professional that can deal with these situations they want you to like and and that's like the the, the fucked up part is because they mm they preach about this stuff about how it's supposed to be that, you know, safe environment, blah, 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 but they don't exactly have one in place. And every time someone wants to come up and express themselves like that, 
it usually, I mean, there's some cases that I have seen where everything worked out fine for that guy, but in most cases it, it doesn't result well. It comes with actually more government oversight and more authority over your life. Well, and the biggest thing is like most of the time it leads to the end of your career as in, in whatever military branch you're in, which a lot of these people don't want, you know, like that's, yeah. that's the, yeah. the fact of it. They don't want that. And it does create a sense of like family while you're there. And when you get 18 year olds to sign up for something that feels like a family for at least four of the four years of their lives, that's what the majority of contracts are for is for the minimum four years of your life. And you're with majority of those people for three years at the minimum, uh, then, you know, it, it gets kind of fucking hard to be like, I know this could lead to career suicide and me not being around these people that I love to work with every day or be around every day and they don't want to do it. And then it festers and it creates, you know, the insane suicide rates that the military has or the insane domestic violence assaults that the United States military has, sexual assaults that the military has. I mean, we talked about Fort Hood today um, for a little bit and Fort Hood had... in, I think it was like nine or ten months, they had almost 27 deaths in their, uh, on the base. And it, it's a giant base, so the percentage of that is very small, but that's not something that should be happening in the U.S. military. And a lot of those weren't, for, like, a lot of those ones are considered suicides or AWOL, like they were AWOL and then they died somehow. And there's... I would say I would like I would probably say that at least fifty percent of those were either murder murders or suicides, and it, it, it's like a big deal. I was, and that's, and that's reporting that comes from the people that are actually there, like the lower enlisted. They're the ones that are saying like these people aren't AWOL. They were killed. They're buried. Like they, there's reports. I'm not saying this is true, but this is what they're reporting, and they're saying that oh, some of these people are buried on base. Do you think that they're like get just getting more mentally ill people to sign up? Well, I think it's a lot, I think it's a lot easier to, well, all right. So at the beginning of, uh, you know, the ramp up in 2001, 2002, things like that, um, they uh, basically anybody that wanted to join could join. They, they were giving exceptions for everything, whether it was medical history, whether it was, uh, tattoos, we criminal history, criminal criminal was, but that's where I was going with criminal was by far the biggest. Uh, there was literally options for people. Uh, going through the criminal justice system where it was you can join the military or you can go to jail for this amount of time and and uh, fuck a lot of people were like all right i'll join the military at least i get some sense of freedom you know and uh so that's one aspect of it but i mean typo i don't know if it was different with you but going through meps which is like the medical screening uh I don't think they asked once about my sanity, if I have thoughts of hurting myself, if I have been diagnosed with any type of ADHD or anything else like that, like I, or, or anything else that could lead to or high anxiety, like whatever, panic attacks, whatever it is. I don't remember being asked about any of that. I'm not saying that that it's a requirement or that it should be, but at the same time, it's like if you're putting people in positions that they're going to have to make decisions that end up in a loss of life Mm -hmm. in any situation first are they making the correct decision are they stable enough to make the correct decision to take a life or not and i don't know how many people are in general regardless of sanity 
Um, yeah. And second off, are they going to be able to deal with that? Like, are are is this human being going to be able to deal with the fact that they took somebody's, they made the decision to actually take somebody's life and that their job is specifically to do that? Like, that's a hard thing to get by people. Yeah, there's yeah. The, the bureaucracy that was in place to like the screening for the military is a fucking joke. Like they, the military is inefficient as fuck and they don't know what they're yeah. doing. So they don't even know how to screen properly. I mean, for the love of God, like there's a lot of people that I don't think should have been in the military. There's a significant amount of people I've met that I would say like, at least in my pretend standards of what the military should be. Um, <laughs> I have no idea, but like at least the the what was given to me or what was fed to me about what, about what the military was, yeah. was a lie. And like, it happens all the time where you'll see people like I went through boot camp and I was relatively probably one of the better people, maybe average. I don't really know, but I was athletic. I played sports in, 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 in high school. So the physical side was never a problem for me. And, um, the mental the, and side, maybe either. the mental aspect that, <laughs> the mental aspect it's really just doing as you're told so if you can just like kind of just mm-hmm. put up with doing as you're told for three months you will pass as long as you do that um uh mm-hmm. so like but they're screening and everything like it's kind of just arbitrary they just make up these rules and they think is what they want their best soldier to be because it's also does not really designed of like is this person like actually a qualified human being to be in the military or will he just pass our standards because the recruiters are incentivized to just recruit people by the numbers so if you if you recruit someone and they go to or like it goes off of a couple different things so first is just getting people to come to like the marine corps like office and like at least be interested and if they can get someone to send to MEPS, which is like the health screen that they do before you can go, that looks good for them too. And the real kicker is, is if you actually recruit someone. Now, a lot of times too, and I've heard this from multiple different people, is the recruiter will just fucking lie. So even they if someone lie. is has a problem or an yeah a problem or an issue or like a like serious medical condition, the recruiter will just straight up lie to get them in because if they don't lie and have the numbers result in what they're what they're supposed to get, they're gonna get yelled at and it hurts their career. Wow. Like it's called a fit rep, and it hurts their career if they don't get these numbers. So there's a huge huge like scandal. I mean I don't know if it's a scandal, but basically the the, the recruiters lie all the time. Yeah. And uh, they lie all the time. But like, if you look at it, like kind of how I look at it is like, they're lying no matter what they say, like yeah. everything they told me was almost a lie, like about what the military is. And this is the thing too, that's so hard to explain to people is no one outside the military knows what's it like to be in the military. And, and then people the tell them that they can't know. Explain to people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of the hardest things to explain to people because it's really hard to explain to someone like I was in a position where every minute of the day I have to get told what to do. I'm on this weird time schedule. And a lot of times you have no idea what you're going to do that day. Almost no idea. They just kind of like come up and tell you like, this is what we're doing today. And that could change at any moment. And like their, their expectations are either too high and I, I don't know, it's just, there's so many, it's a completely different atmosphere of what reality is really like that I don't think anyone could fully understand unless they kind of experience it because it's, it's the most, it's the most time in pe- most people's lives, unless you went to prison, that you have all 
you're you're completely under the control of the state. It's it's public education, but uh, like the easiest way to explain it is it's it's going to public school, but you live there, like yeah, like that's yeah, like, like that's uh, the worst boarding school ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, so like I feel like a lot of people can understand like the public sh- public school or the DMV one is really good, but I feel like for younger people, like the best thing I bet you the majority of people in the United States, eighteen and under hate public school they probably hate it like i, I school period but yeah. yeah they hate school period and they, yeah. like in general um i would say the 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 percentages of people that absolutely despise it um it's probably higher in uh you know public schools than it is in strictly uh you know private schools because of the fact that there's that one-on-one like uh, thing that you get with a lot of with some private schools not all of them are like this uh, charter schools I would also yeah. consider more more public than anything but like with a lot of those is they're on the small basis you don't get that one-on-one like hey these are things that I need this is kind of how I work blah 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 you kind of get that a little bit more if you have more money to be honest and and in public schools you don't get that but it's like raising your hand to go to the bathroom Fuck, for three months in the Marine Corps, well, actually for longer, four months in the Marine Corps, I had to raise my hand to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I had to talk and As like refer- an adult. Like, yeah, yeah. As, as, a, as an 18-year-old turned 19 while I was in, yeah. I had to ask to go to the bathroom. And on top of that, I had to refer to myself in third person the entire time. It's, it's this recruit. It's not oh, can I. It's this recruit. Can... Excuse me, sir. Like can this recruit right there? It yes. is programming. It's yeah. absolutely programming. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. and it's to show that you are not an individual anymore. Right. You are nothing. You are yeah. part of everything else. You are the yeah. same as yeah. everybody else, and you will never be anything other than any anybody else. So you refer to yourself in third person for three months. If you don't, you do physical workouts to as your punishment. Break yourself. Um, yeah. And and that's kind of how it goes. Like I remember, I I remember, I uh, you have to when they say freeze, you have to freeze, right? It's like fucking this extreme game of uh, Simon Says, and we're <laughs> we're making our beds yeah. in the morning, and it, it, this is boot camp. We're making our beds in the morning, and you have certain at a, at a really really fast pace. Yeah, like super fast. And like a crackhead making a bed is what it looks like. Yeah. You have a hundred seconds and the hundred seconds isn't actually a hundred seconds. It's like whew, quick. Like they count down super fast. If you hear anybody in the military, it, it sounds crazy when they count. But um, so when they do this, they uh, like I, they called freeze and I was halfway through putting the sheet underneath and he said freeze and I looked at him and I couldn't help myself. I moved my arm and I put the sheet over the rest of the way. And, uh, cause you try to get away with shit. I'm a guy that tries to get away with shit. Like that's just who I am. <laughs> so not good for the military. No, not at all. They shouldn't have let me in. Um, but so I did. Failed. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. And, uh, he's like, Oh, recruit, like blah, 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 blah. Get on the quarter deck. So the rest of the time, my roommate had to make the rest of my rack or my bunk mate had to make the rest of my rack. And I was on the quarter deck. Um, cause we refer to everything as ships. Uh, so I was on the quarter deck in front of everybody and I had to do uh, mountain climbers and mountain climbers. You, you know, you put your feet up, go back and yeah. forth. Um, I feel like most people know what that is, but yeah. 
I was in very good shape. I played basketball, football. I played everything in high school. So mountain mm. climbers aren't that hard, and they could tell that it wasn't that hard. So they started adding rifles at my belt line. Oh. Um, and they're rubber rifles. They're not, well, actually, yeah. they were real rifles, but they weren't like they're like locked up. There's no ammo or anything in them. Yeah. But I'd have to get my legs over them to change my feet and get my feet up to my the tips of my fingers. So like that's what the mountain climber was. Was like I had to bring my feet all the way from the back and touch basically side by side with my hand. And once I could do one, I mean, you keep giving me challenges. I'm going to go overcome them. That's just the kind of person I am. You're not going to fuck me. I'm going to fuck you. So they put another rifle. I started passing two rifles and I could do it. And then I started passing three rifles. And then I started having a lot of, a lot of problems with my hips because your body doesn't move that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a, that's a big thing to jump with your hands on the ground the entire time. And uh, I just remember, like, getting in arguments with them and – I was, like I said, I'm the guy that argues. Like, I, I have to rebut against something that I feel is unjust. And uh, it was just like, it doesn't breed intelligence. It breeds obedience. obedience. And um, I don't even know another word. It's it's basically just obedience and... Compliance. I mean, yeah, compliance. Yeah, basically just the same they, word, they, but... Yeah, they, blind they faith. They do yeah. com- uh, collective punishment. That's yeah. a huge thing in the military. So if one person fucks up, everyone gets in trouble. And this is a common theme throughout the entire time you're in the military. It happens when you're in boot camp. Uh, it happens when you're anywhere. Like if you want, and it de- really depends on the unit exactly. But a lot of times, if like so many incidents happen in this month, everyone has to get locked down for this weekend. So you, we can't go have fun because three assholes went and did something stupid. And Why? They, they use that all the time. What's the psychology behind that? Do you think? Just for police your own. What they tell they us. Want you, oh, want, yeah. They want you to. God, that you is to, so they Soviet. Like they, it is. Yeah, they, they say it out so loud. Bad. They want police you to police your own. your own. And the thing is, like, I mean, one of the biggest things that we have, because you know, there's a in the an and cap, like the uh-huh. anarcho-capitalist movement type deal. There's a lot of like reformed type uh, right wingers. That are in it, and they still believe, and the minarchists of them, they still believe in a military. They think the military is probably one of the best things, and those people serve for our freedoms, and they defend the Constitution, and this, that, or the other. But the thing that they don't like, I, that I try to get through their heads, is like, you're supporting the biggest institution of socialism in the United States. That's what the United States military is. All of them. It's yeah. a socialist institution. You get your free health care. You get your um, three meals a day, all of it's given to you. If you do the work that they tell you to do, you get some choice in your job, but you don't get a big choice in your job. It's based on scores, your ASVAB scores. And so if you score a certain way, you get more choices or less choices. And they tell you what your job is going to be. And you sign that contract and you have some chances to get outside that contract or go to a different job. But the majority of it is, it, it's a socialist institution. It's literally the epitome of, you know, the USSR in the 80s. And there's nothing, like, you support that. And that's what I try to get through right, right-wingers' heads. It's like, you are supporting the biggest institution of socialism yeah. in the United States. I was going to ask, like, how, how do you guys deal with, like, the boomer generation that were military that, you know, they just, you know, 
they worship the state and they worship the military and they were probably veterans themselves. Do you think they kind of mm-hmm. went through the same thing that you guys are going through or do you think they just, cause that, that's one of the no. questions I have is I would think that if they gone through a lot of the same things y'all went through, they would, they would be awake right now, but it seems so, like they've doubled down. Yeah. So honestly, what I believe is that um, World War II is an easier justifiable war. It's a lot easier to justify that than it mm-hmm. is to justify the wars we were in today. I think that plays a lot into it. But also what plays, what I think plays a more significant role than people will give credit to is the access to social media. Because when we were going through the military, there was a huge amount of uh, military pages that basically were just constantly trashing on the military. They were huge ones. I mean, Whiskey and Rebellion, he was a huge mm-hmm. uh, p- page that people followed in, in the Marine Corps. I, I knew Whiskey and Rebellion just because I thought he was a dumb meme page for the military. That's how I knew him before I actually met the guy and know what he's really about. <laughs> Everyone in the military just thought like, oh, he's, 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 a, he's a dude in the army and he likes guns. Like that, that's kind of what people thought about him. But there's all, all these pages that, and, uh, and let me tell you, more people in the military are on social media than any, probably any other younger generation demographic, because there's a, a lot of downtime and you want to escape the reality that you're in right now. So you spend a lot of time online, looking at your phone, looking at Twitter, and what is presented to you when you're in the military, what you join for is not the reality. And you find that out real quick. And there's a... Yeah. I think with back then it like, you know, people couldn't talk about their experiences and like it was, they kind of had to go along with the, the propaganda a lot more. I think they kind of had to buy into it because that's all they saw around them. The only thing they saw around them were their unit and the people with them. And that's all they had to communicate with. So the only torp of like, kind of like when you meet other people in the military, the only relationship you have with them is like, Oh, we're both in the military. But now with like social media, it blows up and you can actually see in real time what the military is about. And everyone is critical of the military. Even the people that love the military are critical of the military. So you'll see these pages. I mean, there, there's a guy named Terminal Lance or uh, Max a million or something like that. I can't remember his name, but he founded this comic strip called Terminal Lance. And it's based on just like goofy stories about this grunt in the military and it blew up and he, he's really famous. He's wrote books about it and comic book strips. He's but met the president and stuff like in, that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Max, he, he, it's, he's it's, very uh, famous in the military. It's Max Uriarty. 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 Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And he, and it's, it's really clever stuff. Everyone, like everyone talked about it when, especially in the Marine Corps, but he brings to light, is the hypocrisies and the like all the critic like uh, criticisms in the military that everyone's thinking? He just puts it in a funny way. Like this is a stupid thing that we always do, but we just do it because it's tradition or like whatever. Like but he makes fun of it. And before, like no one, no one ever thought to do that. Like no one thought like I can make fun of the military because it was so held as like this high standard of a thing that people just praised it. Like that's what they're doing over there. But now you're getting this weird dichotomy where like the American people think of the military as, as a, a lot higher thing than the people in the military actually think of it. Yeah. Because a lot of them hate 
the situation there and they see all these all like people bitching about it and complaining and you know the and i think this wokeism stuff makes it worse because like there's always been a sexual assault problem in the military so now you're seeing more and more of that coming out so i think our generation was just exposed to way more hypocrisies and understand and saw things going online where you know people instead of someone just getting screwed over by their command and just burying their head and dealing with it. Now they can go on social media and be like, I'm being fucked over by my command right now. They are screwing me. And now, and now people younger ranked or lower ranked people can actually communicate more and more now. So we can talk about like how they're screwing us all the time. I mean, the most famous pages of the military that I know of are all ones that make fun of the military. Everyone loves those pages. And that's what, that's what they're on. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, in our society nowadays, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's who has the worst life, like award, like that's kind of like how Aww, social media oppre- is. Oppression Olympics. Yeah, sad. yeah, it's like who yeah, has the worst really life. It, yeah, it is, and it's like who has the worst life award, like that's who gets the most likes on fucking, you know, Instagram, Twitter. It's either that or who shows their ass the most. And, uh, you know, I, and like, Both related. Yeah, it's usually yeah. related. Usually. It's, it's, yeah, there's usually a correlation there. But it's <laughs> like the military people are like, bet, like, I can fucking, I can do both of those things and I can do it better than everybody. Because first, you're in really great shape because you're in the military and you do PT every day. So you can show your ass. And, uh, it's like 19 20 21 years old like i had a a gunnery sergeant like so we do these things called field day in the marine corps and field day is every thursday for us it was every thursday they would come in and inspect your room so like your boss basically essentially your manager would come in and see how clean your room is and you'd have a whole time period allotted at the end of wednesday afternoon Mm -hmm. and you'd get together uh, with everybody else and you'd clean the common areas of the barracks and then you would clean your own room and i'm not saying that cleaning your room is a bad deal or that people didn't need to clean their room because there was definitely people that needed to clean their room yeah but the next morning i had like there was one gunny that i I just couldn't stand and every time he would come in like my room is i'm a pretty clean guy i'm kind of a neat freak like that so uh, this one gunny he came in and he would wipe the most asinine places and he'd have a white glove and if there was dust, then I'd fail. If there wasn't dust, then I wouldn't fail. So, like, it, it's just, like, post that on Twitter and say, hey, think if your life was like this, where your manager came in, and there was one time he, he specifically wiped it on me afterwards, and wow. I, being a 20-year-old... cute. <laughs> yeah, being a 20-year-old male in the military, you know, I, I didn't take too kindly to that, and being as outspoken as I am, I say I say things, and I I didn't care at that point in the military. Like I was th- three years in at that point, um, and it, it's just like one of those things. It's like, well, guess what? I can go and tell as many people as I want about this, and you know, certain people will feel pity. Some people will be like, stop bitching but whatever it gets a and and a reaction out of people and that's kind of what you look for at that point and that's why i think it's different now like a typo said than boomers earlier is because they can do things like you can do things like that i mean shoot last year there was a uh, a whole 
um, base when COVID started. Uh, it was Camp Schwab in Okinawa, Japan. They they weren't getting. They had like a, uh, a f- not a food shortage, but they were getting. Uh, People couldn't come onto the base, obviously, because it was COVID-19. It was like right at the onset of it, and they weren't getting food right. And then the food that they were getting was like really old MREs or really old um, uh, food storages, and there was mold on it. And they weren't, yeah, it was really bad. And then they, all the Marines were like, yo, I'm not fucking eating this. And there's a sense of rebelliousness in the lower ranks of the Marine Corps, especially in Okinawa, Japan. It's mm-hmm. just like one of the things to rebel. And uh, what they did was they just started going on social media and they were like, this is unacceptable. They were taking pictures of the food. And then the command was like, hey, you're not allowed to do that. And they were like, fuck you, we're going to do it anyways. And then they had like a, a blackout, like a, a social media blackout for a while. And then the families that do live there, you know, officers, families, because there's still com- people in the command that like care for these people so they they still they like um started to try to bring on food like home cooked food and they wouldn't let them because of COVID 19 and these people were getting fed moldy food and they were like we're not eating it there was a it was a whole big thing and it was like i can't believe i didn't see or hear about this yeah it was really bad and it happened on camp schwab in okinawa japan when things happen in the military it tends to be a hush you know they and it, I don't know why, I don't know, I mean, it's probably because you know, I mean, the media doesn't want to trash the military, I don't really know, but a lot of times, too, is uh, the command, like, the like the military is all about presentation. They care about appearances so goddamn much. They care about appearances more than they care about war fighting. It's it's insane how much, like, we, we they instill in us and, like, how we have to look sharp. It's all, it's all a show. It's all theater. They, they just put on a show all the time. And when you go against <laughs> that, and if you say you just do, even if like you're just you, 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 like, I don't know. Uh, when we were in Okinawa, they called us ambassadors for America. And if you go out in Okinawa, Japan and do something stupid, you are causing an international incident. And it's going to hurt our relationship with Japan. And honestly, that's a little true. <laughs> their actions yeah. that we do over there really can hurt our relationships with the country and let me tell you the military sends like the most degenerate human beings and puts them in like the most miserable situation yeah and they they like when we were in japan we were locked down and restricted more than we would be if we were in the states for example we had mm-hmm. a curfew at midnight so you're telling a bunch of young kids they can't be out past midnight um, there was a lot of places that we weren't allowed to go to. There was just a list of restaurants, bars, strip clubs, uh, the red light district, all these places that they just list down. You're not allowed to go to. Mm-hmm. Everyone went there. Everyone and it was, went there. And it was, was for things that... that you never had anything to do with. Like you didn't have a single thing to do with yes. these restrictions. You could have been the most upstanding citizen there could be. And those restrictions apply to you. Go ahead. Sorry, typo. The restrictions, the restrictions that were in place when we got there were because two years before, a contract uh, contractor that worked for the Navy, uh, two of them raped an innocent little like girl. It's a young, young teenage girl. They raped her, and I, I don't know. I don't think they killed her, but they might have. No, I, raped, I, I, and they that was raped her. And that was in mainland Japan. It and, wasn't even in Okinawa. Yes, 
yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Okinawa is like a very small island off mainland Japan. Very small, like you probably don't even recognize it or even know where it's at. I didn't until I got there. Um, but, I couldn't show you on a map they, where it was so those, on those islands. I can't. Yeah. I have a friend <laughs> who lives there right now. I can't. <laughs> yeah, they so they enforced this lockdown where it was just like so there was no drinking off base. Well. You could drink two beers if you were of age at a restaurant, not a bar, a restaurant. And both you can only have two on the off ground. base. That's what that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, and uh, so that was the rules. But everyone knew that if you went to Naha, which was the major city in Okinawa, Japan, you can basically go down there and do whatever the fuck you want. There is like, it's weird too, because there's, they call it seashore or sea, what is it called? Shore patrol shore patrol and it would be marines in uniforms walking down the streets which is really weird if we ever saw japanese soldiers walking down the street in uniform in uh, our in our yeah. place i, I think like we'd it. have a god a goddamn yeah especially when i'd be stopping people and being i mean it would like yeah yeah it'd be a little weird but they would basically walk around and make sure no marines were doing anything bad but the thing is is japan would recognize these goddamn rules and they would adjust for them because a large amount of their income comes from the military base. So what they would do is have these clubs where it's underground. So you pay, you know, a tab or, or pay a, what was it called? What a fee to get in. And then you go down and it's just this dark, dark room with like loud ass music playing and everything. And then a lot of times when me and Luke were there, we'd run into like people that are higher up in our chain of command that were like the the senior the people that are like not supposed to be there at all like that preached to us six hours before yes they're the ones that telling us not to go there we'd run into them and they would just say things like i didn't see you there and you didn't see me here and you're like okay whatever (laughs) honestly that's like there was a huge sense of like rebellious in okinawa and i think it was more because we were under more restrictions i mean that's kind of uh the result of or the pressures of prohibition you know this is the speakeasies were created the japanese have these underground clubs i mean that's it mm-hmm. if yeah. you if you prohibit something if you make something illegal or if you regulate it to the point where it's not simple to obtain the black market's gonna be created the rules well, yeah. are gonna be broken and yeah. then and, and, shadier yeah. shit's probably gonna happen uh, and like in some countries, I know this specifically more about Japan, is that prostitution really wasn't like it was a thing, but it wasn't that big of a thing until the U.S. military got there because they had a massive problem with U.S. soldiers and uh, Marines uh, when they were in World War II uh, after they you know, conquered and controlled and were in the cities and whatever. They had a massive problem with sexual assault on uh, their, their, their citizens oh, there, on, on the women there. So the Japanese government created a government-funded brothels around these uh, American bases to help prevent sexual assault from their citizens. Wow. Did it work? Yes. I mean, well. It wins. (laughs) I don't know. It's crazy, right? Okay, so here's like the, the libertarian in me is like, Government funded brothels. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's not their not worst idea, though. It's not their worst idea. 
no. got tons of terrible ideas, but that sounds not like the worst one. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not the worst idea. And <laughs> when, so, so uh, a, a lot of Japanese people were pissed when they enforced these lockdowns in Japan. They were pissed because a lot of the, you know, local bars and restaurants were really hurting because of this. Mm-hmm. And I, the only reason I know things like this is because I was like Intel, but even the Japanese, so like the Okinawa governor or whatever he's mm-hmm. called. So the Okinawan people are kind of like the Texans for in Japan. They don't see themselves as American or Japanese. Okay. They see themselves as Okinawan and they do not like their Japanese government they don't like it at all yeah and uh so oaken and yeah okinawans um so uh they their governor there he made it a a law to where once the lockdowns happen that now the chinese or what they framed it as is anyone that is just traveling through okinawa for travel can stay there for 48 hours and it was Honestly, what they did was to piss off America because it allowed Chinese spies to come in and look at uh, U.S. bases and stuff for at least 48 hours before they had to leave. And that pissed off America a lot when when they did that. But I I, I love how, I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting thing because you don't really hear about how, like, government kind of fights back against the military in a way or at least does petty ass things and uh it can really and it can uh really show how like relationships and countries can get messed up when all of a sudden the government's just deciding like hey all that economy that you rely on yeah we're gonna take that away from you because we're gonna punish our soldiers and now you get you have to suffer too because it, and it was crazy. So we, me and Luke were there in the time where it was locked down. And then like the last eight months, they just released all the restrictions. And this, it was called Kintown right outside our base. And it had nothing there. And then within two months after we opened that back up, all these bars, just out of nowhere, there was bars, tattoo parlors, all these goddamn places just popped up out of nowhere. There were brothels. We're not supposed to go there, but there was brothels that just popped up. Like all these places just became a flourishing economy for degenerates once again, once and the Marines were allowed to drink. The crazy part about that is that there's videos of like in the 90s, there's a video of uh, that got shared around on like Instagram and Facebook and all that. And it was from the 90s and it was Marines at Kintown. And you can see like when I first got there, there was nothing. Like I got there a little bit before typo in 2013 and uh, there was nothing. Like there was nothing out there. There was a couple tattoo shops, but nothing during the day. There was like two food places. And uh, at night it was basically empty. There was nothing going on. You couldn't go get drinks places. They knew the rules and they weren't going to uh, endanger, like the businesses weren't going to endanger themselves from violating these rules that the Americans had set. So they would kind of like kick you out of places at certain times and blah, 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 blah. But there was nothing out there. It was fucking dark. It was creepy. It just looked like a ghost, a ghost town. At night. It was weird. Yeah. And right when those restrictions were lifted, it was lit up. It was bright. It was, yeah, it was Hollywood bright. Like it was, it was, it was Vegas bright. It was huge. And there was Marines everywhere. The shore patrol workout. And it was the wildest thing to see 
they were just waiting. They were literally just waiting. There was people that held on to these bars and stuff. And what I was saying with the original of this was you could see in the 90s, like the same barracks that we lived in now, they looked exactly the same then. The places out in Kintown looked exactly the same as they did then. Inside the bars looked exactly the same. And it was like somebody's like, you know, video camera that they had in the 90s. And the two people, there's this place called White Kitchen in Kintown, and it makes taco rice and cheese. It sounds weird, but it's fucking bomb. It's one of the best things ever. Yeah. Really and, um, okay. Especially so like, when you're drunk. Yeah, especially when you're drunk. Um, but the two people that owned it, they still own it today, and they still cook food. And it was them making taco rice and cheese. And it just goes to show, like, like nothing has changed. Like, in this weird, like, if you look around military bases... Um, and you look around um, 29 Palms, you look around Fort Hood, you look around any of these military bases, and you bring somebody that had been there uh, prior, you know, in the 90s, 80s, 70s, they're like, it's it's like walking through the 70s again. It's like walking through yeah. the 80s again. It's not, they're, it's unchanging, it's immovable, because they breed the same, like, they breed the same culture. It's not, it's not the city's fault, it's the military's fault for literally creating like no incentive to become better or different or um exactly at all and like the people are exactly like us as military members are exactly the same like nothing's changed and and it's just wild to think about that like the cities around these places will never evolve as long as we're there because the people that they want are exactly the same in every walk of life almost forever and ever because that's what gets the results that they want you know obedience compliance like all those things that we talked about earlier and so those places will never evolve and they'll never be any different you'll still have people off base that want to marry military members because they know they get uh paychecks they know they'll get medical coverage they'll know they get all these things and so those like that's completely sufficient enough for them and there's no need or want to get better and it's just wild yeah. to me. I just had that spontaneous thought. I haven't talked about that before, but it just it like dawned on me because I saw that video and I was like, ah, there's no evolution here. We're living yeah. the, well, it's the definition of insanity. All, all the businesses around a military base are to feed impulses because um, yeah. like, you know, the, what's the best way to suppress your emotions? It's like, I'm going to randomly get a tattoo. I mean, how many people do we know that got a breakup and they're like, I'm going to go get a tattoo and that changed my personality. <laughs> And like that's that's fucking. It's us. like, like <laughs> it's like women and, with haircuts. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like uh, it's also also I think getting tattoo is like also one of the few ways in the military you can have it be have your own individual yeah. thing about you. So yeah. I think that leads into people getting tattoos too. But it also it's just alcohol and well drugs that are all around the military bases because like yeah. people are fucking miserable and they want to escape their reality any way they can and so it's just bars strip clubs brothels that you know they don't call themselves brothels but it's like a massage parlor and you know what that means yeah and then i mean my god you look at a back pages near a military base dear god you could probably get laid by some officer's wife that night Oh, <laughs> never heard of back pages? No. Yeah. Is that like the, that like the end of the <laughs> Jesse's like, yep. Jesse, what'd you do about that? <laughs> I, I just know I'm a nurse. I know all kinds of disgusting things about 
And a therapist. <laughs> I used to be a therapist too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You've, you've heard. It's like the degenerate version of Craigslist is what Backpage yeah. is. Yeah. Um, More degenerate. So Luke's image and like the way, the image he um, kind of just portrayed, it was reminding me of like the land of the lotus eaters or something. You know, like you're kind of stuck there. And I, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I don't know, it's like our military is kind of stuck where it is and removing it in some ways would do a lot of, like you said, economic damage to those towns that have kind of built up around that. But it doesn't mean that the cancer shouldn't be excised. Absolutely. Uh, one thing about cancer, you have to take it out. And that's why, like the military, you just got to. It is cancer, you know. It's cancer. Yeah. You got to get it out. And yeah. um, things kind and, of been normalized I mean, a little bit too. Yeah, it's a very normal cancer. It's like you can live yeah. with this. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, cancer's cool. Cancer's fun. And cancer's like, real we, fun. <laughs> like we have, we do cancer parades. And, no, it's not about beating cancer. <laughs> it's about celebrating cancer. Yeah. 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 And another thing too that I realized in the military is when you're not around a military base, people will praise you. They will do things for you. They will go out of your way. They will thank you. But people around the military base despise you. They think you're annoying. They think you're just a destructive piece of shit. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong when they, when, when they uh, assume these things. But it's because they have so much exposure to people in the military. And it's mostly young kids. It's like instead of college, you have a bunch of dumb teenagers and barely 20-year-olds that are experience like they have they have a paycheck for the first time it's a huge joke in the military that the people go out and buy you know a camaro at 32 percent apr because they can and they've never had this much money and and they think oh "Oh, i you know this paycheck is ridiculous it's a five-year contract but they think that i will have this government paycheck every two weeks no matter what so why wouldn't I get a car, a ridiculously nice car? Because I can just keep, I, I get paid every two weeks. I'll just pay it. It's no big deal. There you go with the welfare again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. Well, one thing I've noticed about, I have a lot of family that are military, mostly army or um, yeah, army. And I just think that um, when I'm looking at them, a lot of them, they never really kind of got out of the military. Like once they got out of active, they went into the reserves. Um, I have a cousin who works for, um, she worked for NASA for a while. And then she, when NASA was laying off all those people during the Obama administration, she went to go work for um, the, gosh, what is it called? The medical side. Um, I can't remember what it's called. All of a sudden it just (laughs) left my brain. But um, she was like working as a recruiter to get people to um, work for the military hospitals. So um, just hands are the government, for example. Okay, uh, what just happened? <laughs> I, I think it, it moved you to the host. Oh, okay. Um, I see. Um, but yeah, so like. Uh, at a certain point you you kind of are because it's when people like that are stuck in that same mindset when they're 
my my way is the right way and we're doing things that are good and justifiable and justified because of it like when i attack those institutions i am attacking the people that are inside those institutions as well and i'm not meaning that you're a bad person or that i don't think that you are you know uh unintelligent but what i'm saying is those those uh the people that are inside of those and don't realize the bureaucracy because i met plenty of intelligent people inside the military that hold all different positions of rank or power or whatever that understood completely that it was you know inept or unintelligent in the things that it does but if you if you can't you know call it out when it is then you know you're not being you're not being honest about it and i i've i've just like Maybe it's because of how I am or whatever. And I, honestly, I don't deal with it as much anymore. And in family, I mean, my family's kind of left-leaning anyway, so they never really had an appreciation or an affinity towards the military. Um, that I can sit there and talk about the military all day long. And there's some justifications that they give to it. And most of them pertain directly to me as an individual deciding to go and join the military. And I'm like, yeah, but if you look at the reasons that I joined, it was mostly selfish. Like, I'm not going to be like, like devious or about this. Like it was mostly selfish. It was, I wanted to get away. I didn't want to be around where I was around. And I wanted the glory story of going off to war and defending my country. And, and first yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that. And I had a big problem with not getting that for a while. And that's probably one of the reasons why I held on to it for as long as I did. But after I got over that realization that it was wrong and immoral in the first place and my own sense of like justice and, you know, what is good and what is right, like overcame that thought process of I've wasted four years of my life. I was like, thank God I never did any of that. Thank God I never had to be put in that situation. And my whole goal and outlook after that was to dissuade anybody that was that age, especially to do anywhere near what I did going into the military. And that's kind of like the biggest thing. I don't know. Those are like it, attacking yeah. those institutions is hard for people because there's so many people's family and stuff that are involved in them. But at the same time, it's like, you gotta, you gotta break them out of the mold. And the more you do it, the more they're going to, yeah. if they're intelligent people, which a lot of them yeah. are, they'll, they'll see it and they'll be like, damn, I'm going to fight against it still. But how long are they going to fight that fight when, they're getting screwed over just as much. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your friend like probably is like um, most veterans or people in the military is they, they uh, mix your, your uh, criticisms of the military with their identity because the military is really good at forcing the military to be part yeah. of your identity. Um, like they're very, very good at like, you are not a civilian, a gross civilian anymore. You are above people in America. You are a fucking Marine or soldier or whatever. They, they really ingrain that in you. And, and I think that's why it's so attractive to specifically young men is because a lot of people, a lot of young men at 18 don't even have an identity. They have no idea what they're going to do. They, they don't know if they, especially the people that join the military, because they, 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 they represent like public education shows these two options and it's options like yeah. you either go to college or you go to the military. Yeah. And if you don't do it on those, you're gonna be a fucking loser and be yeah. on the street. And that's what they preach. And a lot of men, at least where I'm from and like, I come more the conservative small town area. Uh, they don't want to go to college because school fucking sucked. So 
they join the military and that, and it becomes part of their identity. Like you, you are not, I'm not Tyler Brockhouse anymore. I'm Corporal Brockhouse. I lead Marines. I am a warfighter, a rifleman, all these. And it sounds so much better than like, I was a fucking 18 year old kid that didn't know what to do with his life. So I joined the military. Like I, it's so much more, and especially with how it's praised in society. So it's really hard for people to like, what basically built their identity has gave them the status that they have right now. It's so hard for them to like, oh, it's bullshit. My whole life is kind of bullshit. I've been, I've been pretending my whole life that I'm in this justified freedom fighting war, uh, uh, war and, and, and like this war power and I'm doing it for good. And it's just not the reality. It's just, it, it's not anymore. And it's just, and I, I think a lot, I mean, I have a lot of veterans in my family. I always make this joke, but every single male in my family generations is like for uh is like captain dan from forrest gump where they <laughs> all served in every yeah. single war in american history the only difference is none no one in my family were died in those wars we all made it out we all survived yeah. the military um yeah. but so like it's it's ingrained in my family i mean like when there we would have like small towns we fucking love our little parades we fucking love them. It's like the only, because like, yeah. there's not that much that happens in a small town. So we have a fucking parade. Like, it's a fucking jolly time. And uh, <laughs> so when the VFW and, you know, they had that little, there's always a ceremony. There's probably like actually seven or six little parts of it in the parade that's like all about the military. And my dad was all about like, you know, when that, when that part's happening, you stand up. Like you stand up. These are the people that fought for our freedom. This is why we get to have this goddamn parade because mm. these people are here. And that's why we're not speaking German and all that. And I got yeah. all that my whole life. Cause every, everyone in the military, everyone in my family was in the military. Like it's a very honorable thing. It's what led me to joining too. And I, I looked up to those men in my life. So like yeah. it, 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 it literally can become a generational part of your family's identity yeah. that you, you are the, the, the less than 1% of Americans that stand up and go do something. You don't just sit around and like, I'll live my life and be productive and raise a family with a healthy lifestyle. No, you sacrifice all that and go fight in a war that you think is justified. And then like, I mean, when I, when we were going through the military, they were still using 9-11 and me and Luke joined in 2012. Yeah. yeah I'm not 11 surprised. years after 9-11 happened. And they still were pushing that shit on us. They I mean, showed it to you in boot camp. In class. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, they, they show that to you. What? The, t- nine, the, nine, the tower is going down. As if you yeah. didn't already like, like live so it. So they traumatize you. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, but like, they, lead, they lead it wow. up. They lead up to it. Where they'll show the 9-11 and then some dude walks in and gives some hardcore speech about like, this is why we fight. This is why we fight because they uh, murdered context. almost 3,000 innocent civilians. And this is why you joined the military. And they say this to like the fucking janitors, the fucking p- pencil pushers. They say yeah, it to all, yeah. every single person gets the same goddamn speed. If they're going to, if they're going to the Marine Corps band, which doesn't do any sort of come, they say that that's why you join because you're going to fight terrorists. Like, I'm sorry, you can't fight terrorists with a goddamn trumpet. It's just not. Yeah, like, like there was a guy thing to all there, of us. There was a guy in my boot camp that was literally like a uh, a, a trumpet. Like he joined because he was going to play trumpet in the band. Or something. Yeah, 
Yeah, he was going to play trumpet in one of the bands on the, in the Marine Corps, and he had to go through boot camp still. And he was like, he like the entire. T- he was one of the most like red pilled motherfuckers there in boot camp because he was just like these days. I know, right? He <laughs> because the he was because <laughs> he was just like I. I'm literally here just to play the trumpet. Like I di- I didn't get a scholarship <laughs> to go play the trumpet anywhere else. So I joined yeah. the military. I can play the trumpet, and they'll pay for my school after this. So. <laughs> Honestly, it's like why? But why are they? Why do they even need a band in the military? <laughs> That's a good for, for all the, the parades that we do. For it's, all it's the all a show. It's all oh, a show. okay. It's that explains Marine it. Yeah. Yeah. Marine we do, band we do. Is the most prestigious band possibly in the world. It's it's yeah. held up with the god like so high regard. And don't yeah. get me wrong, when they're out doing their thing, they look fucking good. They look yeah. good. They like they're, North they're Korea. On Oh yeah, oh, better, better than North Korea. Better. better. The way they march, everything. If you're if you're in like status mindset, it's like one of the coolest things ever. You're like, yeah. damn, dude, they move on point. They do. It's like a, uh, you know, like college halftime shows, and the band goes yeah. out and does like something. Oh yeah. It's like that, but way more formal. It's for it's for America. It's for America. And it's the Marine hymn and. All these old military songs that yeah. are about freedom and loving the country. It's it's a whole propaganda they game. Put, and they, they look put, good doing it. They look they good put, doing it. They put fake ribbons and medals on their chests. They like they're not like they, they put them on their chests. They give them higher ranks in the band. because um, it looks better. So uh, cool. when they're oh. Yeah. It's crazy. It's all it's propaganda. Really it's is. all propaganda. Yeah, that's another thing too. Is with like when you get promoted in the military, your uniform looks cooler, and it's all about yeah. looks in the military. It's all about right. looks. And when I say this, is like there is a huge motivation in the military for people to have a car, which is a combat action ribbon. It means that you're a badass in the military. It means that you saw some shit. You actually did military shit. Everyone wants to get this. And if you see someone with that, you're like, oh, shit, this is a real Marine. This is like a Marine. I'm a Marine. I, I have the title Marine, but this guy's a real Marine. He did what he wanted to join for. And then you find out most of them are bullshit. Mm. Most of them are bullshit. Like, they'll give people called cars when they uh, when they'll be in, like, a, uh, I don't know, convoy moving down the fucking road, and their first – Vic in the convoy will take fire and then the people on the way back which is like a mile maybe two miles back they get a ribbon because their combat their convoy took fire or something like that like it's that crazy where they just hand out these fucking medals like candy participation and it, it's like a reward system yes they're participation trophies for conservatives they, they just give yeah. these goddamn things out and it makes you look better in your uniform so you can walk around with a higher status like yeah i did shit i am not one of these people that joined and sat around and did nothing i did something i made a difference and it, it, it really plays to like when you're a younger younger man in the military that you want that achievement you want that status you want people to like without even questioning what i do they can look at me and be like this dude's a badass well, I also noticed too, though, that people who've actually seen active duty and lost people, they double down even harder about how amazing it is to be in the military. And they'll even talk about how like it was like the one of the worst and best experiences of their lives. They're so glad they did it. They love America, yeah. you know, 
And it's, it, I would think that if I saw that stuff, I would lose all of my trust in government. <laughs> yeah, they have to, well, they have to justify those, <laughs> that, that loss it's easier, of life, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's I mean, easier it's like in your mind slight, to yeah. justify that your friend died for a good reason, not yep. a bad one. Exactly. It's easy. It's, it's a defense. I would, I, I would, I would I accept that it. reality. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, it's weird. It also goes both ways because I've seen both. I've seen more yeah. people that have experienced stuff like that are very turned off. They don't even want to talk about it. I mean, my grandfather was in Vietnam and he'd never talk about it. He never, there's no, there was like one picture of him from the army and that was it. Like he, well, he was also drafted too. So he didn't even yeah. want to be there. He oh, got drafted yeah, I bet you that it. makes a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious yeah, he, to know the about the women that have been raped on you know you guys were talking about how like that's a problem i wonder how women in the military feel about the military after they've experienced something like that yeah that's I mean, a hard one terrible. to you yeah the one chick yeah. Yeah. Jesse, like she doesn't have good things to say about it after the fact i know somebody uh, yeah i know somebody else too and she does not talk about it at all and so i'm just yeah. curious like yeah and oh, then yeah and then oh, some bad bad there's automatically with what comes with the culture of the military we're sexist against women it's well it's, they protected it, it, the I guy mean, you can make the argument they circled the wagons around oh, the dude yeah. and treated her like shit and yeah well and then yeah. the, the other is probably higher ranking i'm assuming yeah yeah it might have been yeah and then the other problem that you see in the military is the the opposite where women do call sexual assault and things like that and like i wouldn't go into a woman's room like as an nco like when i'd have to inspect their rooms for that field day thing yeah. that i was talking about earlier i wouldn't go into a woman's room without another female nco present with me yeah because it's such a big problem and that it's it's became such a big problem recently that they've had to like like some of those things you have to protect yourself against because if they don't like you one day and then they call sexual assault, it's gone the opposite way in a lot of aspects where it's automatically believe, 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 and we're going yep. to torch this person. And it, I'm not saying that you it's, know what? It's, it's an, it's an overreaction and yeah. I'm not yeah. saying it's That's a bad probably what overreaction. Happened to my friend. <laughs> That's probably exactly what happened to my friend. They automatically assume that she was making up something about the guy. I bet that's what it was. Yeah. That's, well, that and, really yeah. sucks. Yeah, I mean, so, and it, it's, it creates yeah. that. It creates that atmosphere where yeah. it, because there's so many things that you do joke about and encounter in the military or it has been for a very long time, a boys club, and then you come in and you introduce women, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that you introduce women into the I military. Will. I think it's a bad thing. Not a great, I, well, not I think a good idea. My, my position is I think it's a bad thing to introduce anybody into the military. I, will, yeah. I won't single out one or the other, but yeah. I, it, it's just one of those things where it's like you have an, an extreme on one side where the sexual assaults are absolutely horrendous against w the women in the military. Mm. Absolutely horrendous, and you should call it out instantly. If you see it, you should say something about it, obviously. But then you have the opposite side where there is a me large, ma a large majority, yeah, a large majority of women that will call, will yell, cry wolf basically on yeah. sexual assaults yeah. and and the the male's career so then you have this dichotomy of male versus female inside of the military where it, it becomes an just the whole point of there not being two sexes and two genders in this fucking military defense yep. system right yep. exactly yeah. and, and if you treated everybody the same Stupid. it's like it's like uh 
what's that? What's the fucking movie where they're fighting the bugs? Oh, it's the big anti-war Star- book. That became- oh, Starship uh, Troopers. No, Starship no, no, Troopers. no. Ender's oh. Game, right? No, well, Ender's Game is a good one, but Starship Troopers is what I was okay, talking about. Is because and <laughs> the book originally is like a giant anti-war book, and people don't realize that because the movie. Is like the '80s cult classic Starship Troopers, and it it kind of glorifies war. The caricature of the book. Yeah, yeah, and so, but the big thing is, is like they all call each other sir. There's no ma'ams, and it's men and women, and they shower together, they bathe together, they do all that stuff together. Um, and if you wanted to create, like, if you wanted to create a more symbiotic relationship between men and women, you would have to create that in the military like that's the only way that you could do it you would use a generalized um language so nobody's male or female and 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 it's funny when you talk about things like this and it's like oh what's the united states doing currently what are they doing currently they are already doing these things in all aspects to get rid of more individual like ideals yeah identity And it and it and it will and it has and the military has always been. People are like now upset that the military is being used as this wokeism uh, type, um, not breeding ground, but like uh, experiment. That's kind of what they they say. And the military has always been the experiment for what that they can push on a population. It has never not been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. So. Um couple things i guess like i think you guys were alluding to it um i'm jesse i think jesse and i have sort of different backgrounds like where we came from politically but like i came from the conservative leaning side of things and um so for me luke like you were saying your last uh last stand last holdout was education i already laughed at that but um my last thing, as I think is true for a lot of conservatives, a lot of like minarchists, the the most minarchy, minarchist thing that I was still stuck with was always like the military and defense. And and technically, like even from like a constitutional standpoint, if like that's what you're holding on to, like the very bare minimum things that you're, the federal national government is supposed to do is provide defense. And so, you know, there's the degree of legitimacy if you can consider it that. But, I mean, I've never actually heard, I don't think, from, not since, like, it's, it's not often that you hear from, like, ex-military that has these kinds of opinions that actually like, you know, backs up everything that we would say if we weren't in the military, like kind of a lot of opinions we we in the anarchist, um, libertarian, anarcho-capitalist, what we believe, what our morals are, what our principles are, and how they are contradicted by the existence of the military and what it does and what the government has them do overseas. Um, yeah, I mean, I've never... I, I, very like smedley uh smedley butler-esque um but making it more relevant to like these times yeah which is more necessary than ever and i think um i was wondering like do you guys feel like from your position you're outside of it you made it out and um you get to you know do what you can to maybe 
change people's attitudes that might be going in or that are in now and all this stuff. Like, is there some like silver lining or like, do you guys have sort of like a positive outlook of maybe the state religion is kind of dying in a way, or at least for like, for you guys or people that would have gladly signed up for the country and all this stuff. Yeah. I do. I do. I'll, I'll take this one first typo. You can go after me, but uh, I do. I do because we've had a shit ton of people that are either in and say that they're counting down their days or trying to figure out how to get out earlier. And we've also had the people younger than that, that are like, I was going to join the military and now I'm not going to after listening to you guys. Um, And from all the people, like almost the majority of people that I was around in the military are all out. Like almost everybody that um, Typo and I were friends with or was in our group. And we had a pretty big crew that we hung out with because we were so close. Um, All of them are out and the majority of them kind of think the way that we do. Uh, And I think honestly, the way that it's moved in the last, you know, 10, 15 years has pushed more people that once they're in, they're like, holy shit, I'm out of it. Like, I'm done. I think the like when we were in the rec- or the uh, retention rates, so like people staying in were so low that they were having people fill out fake packages for reenlistment um, and, and then just denying them at the end. Like we had guys that had been really? in less than a year yeah, when when I was at 311 in uh, it's uh, artillery battalion in 29 Palms, they wanted us to make our junior Marines, so like our E3s, E2s, um, fill out reenlistment packages so that they could approve them, and then the Marines themselves would just go and later deny them um, because you can deny the orders of reenlistment uh, just so that it looked like that they had people that they were retaining, and uh, ghost because groups. Yeah, and and the the funniest thing was they didn't That's tell crazy. the they didn't tell the E fours to do it, and the E fives to do it because all of us were getting we're not gonna we're not signing shit, and I'm not filling out a reenlistment package no matter how much you tell me to. So they're like, get your junior marines to do it, and we're like, no, we will not. And we told them we're like they're telling us to tell you to do this, and um, we think that you should have the choice. If you want to do it, you can. But uh, we're not going to force you to do it. And none of the people that were under me did it because they were like, yeah, fuck this. I'm doing my four years and getting out. And I'm not yeah. trying to help them look good because they look bad and they should look bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'll have to give it to him. But Trump honestly had a huge effect on the military. When we were like the, the day after Trump was elected, they had CNN playing at our chow hall in the morning and goddamn people were cheering. People were excited. They were pumped up, and um, I don't. I, it's weird, especially the Marine Corps specifically. But there was a huge support for Donald Trump. Everyone. I mean, when he hired Mad General Mad Dog Mattis from the goddamn Marine Corps, who's a goddamn legend in the Marine Corps, as his Secretary of Defense, the Marine Corps was with him forever. They loved him because back when we first joined. Um, Mad Dog Mattis was up to be the commandant of the Marine Corps. And he, I don't know, I don't really know why, but this guy is just loved throughout the Marine Corps. Even there's people that don't even know anything about this man, but they know his name and they know that we love him. And when, so he was supposed to be the commandant 
Obama chose a air winger. So someone that works on the air side of the Marine Corps, which is very small, by the way. And when he chose that, it pissed off most people in the Marine Corps. Because even the pogues, the people that aren't grunts, that are the warfighters, want a warfighter to be the leader. Because you represent the fucking Marine Corps, and we're supposed to be these warfighters. So when they chose an air winger, which has never been chosen before... It pissed off a lot of people. Trump came in with all this excitement, and most people in the military tend to be conservative. So Trump was just the guy. And then what after they did to Donald Trump, it deterred a shit ton of people. I mean, I saw like a lot of conservatives that are just like, they see all the bullshit now, or at least at some wow. surface level of the bullshit. But yeah, well, the, the, the whole push for the wokeism in the military really deters conservative people away. Yeah. Um, all, all, all the, all the, all the different, you know, racial bullshit that they try to push on us to, yeah. like, all that stuff. Like most conservatives, like, they don't give a shit about. They just don't care. And most people that are minorities in the military don't give a shit about they this don't shit care either. Like they just don't care. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone in the Marine Corps, like, everyone in the Marine Corps is equal because we all get treated like a black person. We all get treated like shit. <laughs> so no one cares about race because we all equally get treated like pieces of shit. And um, so I think like Donald Trump will some, and uh, uh, this might be very for the other branches because they're a little bit bigger, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially for the Marine Corps, it definitely with the Trump administration, everything, how it played out, it's really going to deter a lot of people from joining the military. I've seen a large numbers of people that were Trump supporters getting out of the military. At least maybe they're not talking the same rhetoric that I am, but they are basically, they're basically saying the military is becoming communism. And well, you know, finally I, that realizing rhetoric that's is a lot communism. better than, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically. It's kind of been that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, communism, yeah. Communism in the sense that like the wokeism has taken over and yeah, that's what yeah. they call communism kind that's of, true. but um, yeah. yeah. It's it's like they got the they got the name right, but not for the same reasons as like why you should have the name yeah. communism. But uh, um, yeah, I really think a lot of people in the military were very very deterred. N- not a lot of people in the military liked Obama. Um, th- it, yeah. a different aspect is like they felt like Obama was holding them back because Obama put on all these restrictions and trying to stop people from like uh, rules of engagement were very restricted against the military that it, it made no sense where like you literally had to wait for a guy to raise his AK at you and actually shoot before yeah. you can respond. So like mm-hmm. no one been- that's in a situation just on a basic personal level, even if you're not in the military, you don't want to wait for someone to shoot at you before you yeah, fire no. back. Like that's just it been a lot better if he just yeah. was enough of a man to bring you guys home. You yeah, know? exactly. Like instead of yeah, just yeah, exactly. well, and, force and you guys why, into a more dangerous situation. Like it's yeah, just, and that's why Trump did so well too because he was preaching bringing troops home, and just like Obama did originally too. But he was preaching it, and he tried. And even when we tried to bring everybody out of Syria, and then the Associated Press and like everybody came out against it, like we're leaving these people out to dry. Like there was a large outcry. There was there was an opposite outcry too, but there was a large outcry from people in the military were like why are we defending these people that don't want us there and why are we in syria why are we in uh, why are we in all these places like we don't we didn't want to be here in the first place and we're not defending anything we're defending them and they're people that hate us anyway so why are we here and i think that was a big thing a, a little white lining or silver lining on on trump's 
um, campaign that like turned a lot of people off to the media, and that's why you got the fake yeah. news stuff. Because yeah. especially when they did stuff like that, and they were trying to bring troops, or at least he vocalized that he wanted to bring troops home. Maybe his administration didn't, and he picked horrible people around his administration. And yeah, Trump right. was a shitty person anyways like trump was always in it for himself <laughs> like there's no way that there's no way around that but yeah. like uh, uh, like he did dissuade people from you know the media uh kind of the i mean i haven't heard a president since john f kennedy or no not john f kennedy but uh since fucking what's his face uh mentioned the military industrial complex um who said it eisenhower thank you the fucking great eisenhower the last person to mention the military industrial complex and trump is like they are trying to do more war and we don't want to do more war and yeah there there was a huge disconnect between the rhetoric that was coming out of the white house and the rhetoric that was in charge of us in the military they like donald trump was not saying what people in the military like like they've told us like i don't know like with trump in the white house we don't know how things are going to go we need to calm down and not overreact and like there is definitely a dispute between what the military wanted and what donald trump was at least saying and um yeah i, I think it opened it, donald trump gave a pass for right-wingers to be anti-war when he right. finally like at yeah. least said the right things publicly uh, I mean, he didn't really do much to end them, but like he said the things publicly about military industrial complex, about ending wars and whatnot. And it was finally like right wingers can come around and be like, okay, well, if the great Donald Trump, who how they see it is like uh, how progressive see Obama is how conservatives see Trump. So if the great Donald Trump can say we're, you know, Bush lied us into these wars, I th- maybe we can say that now too. And that's amazing. And, yeah. And um, I mean, yeah, that, that's, you know, like, you know, Trump is what Trump was, but like he did give a lot of people in the military a bit of a red pill. And that's something that I appreciate from his presidencies, because a lot of people were like open their eyes to how things really work in, around in the government yeah. and the military. Yeah, I um, from early on, I think even before he actually won and I didn't coin this, but maybe it was Dave Smith, but he was really good at exposing the snakes in the grass. And, you know, he was a bit of a snake himself, so that's why he was so good at it, you know? But I think it opened a lot of our eyes in ways that um, hadn't previously been open or hadn't been quite as open, or like Typo, you just said, um, you know, gave right-wingers the excuse to be anti-war or really like but if you look back at our um our country's history like that was a very conservative viewpoint and opinion and so it kind of got Mm -hmm. hijacked somewhere along the way i guess with like bush (laughs) or no reagan or like which when i say reagan Reagan it really was yeah yeah it really was like bush senior you know like doing the reagan and bush senior kind of laid the groundwork yeah. And then Bush just took it fucking took fucking went a home run and yep. really escalated things. Yeah. Yeah. And he ran on an he ran on an anti intervention policy too. Yeah. And Again, stuff you learn <laughs> yeah. later. Right. Stuff you learn later. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. People well that's are. what that's what wins in a presidential campaign is at least being somewhat of a rhetoric of anti war. I mean Absolutely. it always gets favorable more favorable. I mean it, it, and Dave Smith has said this before, but it's very true. Like 
a lot of active duty military were donating to Ron Paul's campaign when he was running for the elections. Like yeah, most yeah. people in the military resonated more with Donald or Ron Paul than they did with Barack Obama or Bush. And, and, and I think it really shows one because Ron Paul was a veteran himself. Yeah. I mean, I know George Bush was, but it's always kind of a little skeptical about how he like yeah. joined in to fight Vietnam after really Vietnam was over. Yeah, right. And yeah, he, he joined, I think it was the National Guard too. It wasn't even like the yeah. National Guard can deploy, but like, it's like, it's like, if you're going to, if you're a, if you are an established politician and you need to put. No. Oh no. Your Shit, kid, what happened? happened? <laughs> you, no. you, guys, you guys both just paused for, uh, or froze on us for a bit yeah I, I, it's funny I'm i heard sorry. you guys say oh no and i was like wait did i go did i go <laughs> not fully so i'm glad um yeah that but that's the biggest silver lining is i think honestly donald trump kind of inspired at least most conservative a decent amount of conservatives in the military to be like oh maybe maybe we're not doing the right thing anymore yeah. and i think that's really a good thing and i think it, it shows with the the results of, like the retention rate that luke was bringing up because they were they were um when i was getting out even even when donald trump was president when i was getting out it was really hard for them to to keep people in and yeah. i think i think it's uh i think there's a, i mean and conservatives are mainly the ones that fought all these wars it's mainly people that were from small towns in the middle of America and stuff. So if you can get those people to get away, maybe that, maybe there is a reason why they're trying to push this woke stuff. And it's not only because it's coming from the cathedral. Maybe that's the people they are really trying to recruit now because conservatives might not be wanting to join anymore. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious how Biden is affecting people's, you know, willingness to fight for him. Yeah. I thought that was a big thing too. There was a lot of people that I know that were like, I'm not going to do the things that Biden tells me to do. And I was like, the old man says, yeah. And that's a big deal. Like if people don't have trust in the, the the commander in chief. Yeah. Again, back, back to like the teeny tiny things that the government is actually supposed to do. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, you, know. Want a, yeah. you, you would want a competent commander. <laughs> competent being key. Or, yeah, <laughs> or at least someone that, like, at least comes out like a hard ass. Like, Trump did that. He always come out like a hard ass when it was, like, yeah. talking about our enemies. Like, he's like, I will bring down nukes and, like, fucking go hardcore as fuck and, like, threaten North Korea. I mean, hell, when I was in, when I was in the military, this was, like, six months before I got out, and the general in charge of my division came down and told all of us that in a year from now, we're probably going to war with North Korea. And I was like, oh, my God. And then right away, because I happened to be in the position I was in where I'm intel, so I get to communicate with the higher ups in the military a lot more than most people. I heard them talking. And they're like, if we go to war with North Korea, there's going to be a draft. And I'm like, fuck me, because if I'm about to get out, there's no way they're letting me out if we're going to war with North Korea. They're going to instill a draft to go to this fucking war. Then, like, Dear fucking God, there's no way they're letting us out because how the military works is you actually sign an eight-year contract when you join the military. Now, for most people, it's four years active, and you actually are in the military and do whatever the military tells you. And the other four years is just you're inactive, which is basically you're out and you're not associated with the military. But they could call but if you they up ever need you, yep, if they ever need mm. you, you're the first one that's coming back. 
and uh, oh, that's kind of how they get around a draft. That's kind of how they got around the draft in um, Afghanistan and Iraq, where they were just signing a bunch of bu- a bunch of people up for eight years contracts. So when the the push uh, ramped back up, they just called all those people back in. I know so many people that were told me they got called, that got recalled during the uh, Afghanistan push. I think it was yeah. like 2007 or 2009. Yeah. And it, there. Yeah. yeah. It's called yeah. stop loss. So they, it, it's called stop loss. And they, there was a whole movie that made, they made off of it. And it's funny, like the movies that come out afterwards, but it's like uh, it's a stop loss. And what they do is they tell you that you're not getting out on the date that you're getting out and that you're going to serve the whole contract as active duty, or at least until they tell you that they don't need you anymore. And it happened a lot during Iraq and Afghanistan. And that would make you go crazy anyways. It made a lot of people go crazy. Yeah. My dad, my dad, my dad got stop lost and he was in during desert, desert storm. And and he got stop lost, but it was for what they thought was going to be another war or push. So they extended his contract another six months. And uh, then nothing came of it, luckily. And then, uh, yeah. then they let him out of the military. <laughs> so it's like this weird mix between welfare and slavery. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I, that's another word I kept thinking in my head, but didn't say out loud yet. So I'm yeah. glad, you know, you did it for me. Well, yeah, the draft is slavery. Like, I don't care it what is. anybody says. Like, conscripting young men and, and I think eventually it will be it will women. Be women. Yeah, yeah, no. Conscripting men, and for as long as we have only and men, crazy women who are hormonal, <laughs> and yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, and telling idea. telling a woman what to do is kind of a hard thing. So, that's like, a, yeah, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> Even the well, very when, agreeable yeah. ones. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Women, women in the military would get a. Uh, I don't know if it's because they were women, but they would get away with being disobedient a lot more than men would, and they and uh, it was. I mean, the most disobedient people I knew in the military were probably women, and but they would. I believe it. it. Yeah, that's what I, I, I. That's what I would be like. I'd be. I would tell them to their face. Sure, I'll do that, and then I just won't do it. Yeah, well, that's sure. kind of. That's kind of how I became. That's kind of how like we all became. We were just like, Check. yeah, yeah, sure, staff sergeant, and then just never do it. And then you'd be yeah. like, why didn't you do that? And I'd be like, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I, didn't I identify exactly. as a lady. <laughs> but but I, I will say women were better at putting on the facade, though. Yes. They were better at fucking, like, at least giving the representation that they're fucking drinking the Kool-Aid. They yeah. were much better at it well, than men were. Men couldn't think, fake yeah. it as much as women could. It was insane it's, how, like, I, I literally, it was like night and day for some women. Like, when they're in uniform and we're working, it's like Marine Corps, you will, you call me by my rank, we're doing this. And then, like, the uniform comes off, we're all hanging out, and she's completely different. It's, it That's was very strange. part of strange how we've evolved, you know, yeah. how our gender That's roles actually were biological. That's why we evolved. don't need to be there. <laughs> yeah, we, should, we shouldn't be there. Yeah, like, fucking none of us, whiplash. None of, us should, none of us should be there, but. Yeah. 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 Um, the men well especially like people like me like i'm i'm a pretty be- agreeable person but i don't like being um feeling like i've had injustice injustice happen to me like yeah. i'm just that kind of person and when i did i wear it on my sleeve and everybody knows it and uh that didn't like a lot of people like when we when we talk they'll be like you guys probably were just shit bags and you didn't do jack in the military yes. And you didn't get ever promoted and this, that, or the other. And it's like, I got out as an E5 in four years. Like, that's pretty damn good, especially in somebody that was in the position that I was with a lot of people like radio operators. And uh, I was damn good at my job, and I didn't take a lot of people's bullshit. 
And I tried to do it my own way as much as possible. And I protected the people under me as much as possible. And uh, that's one thing that they can't tell me. Like, I won't, I won't, I won't let people tell me like, Hey, you just didn't do anything. And that's why you feel this way about the military. And it's like, no, I was damn good at my job in the military and I could do it better than anybody else above me or below me. And I still feel this way. So fuck you. I'm going yeah. to continue talking about it because it needs to be talked about. And that's how, that's the way I took, that's what I took from it. And tell me yeah. something different. Dude, Shane, Shane Hazel, we've had on the podcast a few times. I'm sure you guys know who that is. But Shane Hazel was the peak performance, most idealistic of what you want as a Marine. Like, like when he, when we talked to him, like he went above and beyond at every spot in his military career. Like every, and when I heard him, I was like, God damn, you really drunk the fucking Kool-Aid, man. You oh, were, man. you were really in it. He was in it like for real. And he did like even the hardcore shit. Like he was like recon deployed to special forces. Like he like was what everyone thinks of when they think the Marine Corps and the military. And he's probably the number one best voice I've heard for like a veteran coming into this, this philosophy and thinking he's probably the best one I've known that can talk to people like us and veterans and persuade people. I mean, I, we and Luke get it all the time. Or like, we'll, we'll tell people we never deployed. And then the people that were in the military will like, look at us not as like really in the military. Like it's weird. We're like, every uh the, you know every marine's a brother we're a brotherhood and we take care of each other but then like when one person disses on the marine corps they immediately go after your character they immediately yeah. try to trash you for what you did in the military and uh it, like you what you, you didn't did really serve in the military yeah and it's it's a whole like i mean there was someone today when i just i was about that tweet about like uh, uh joining the military is just welfare for conservatives and i posted because a picture like the show that I was in the Marine Corps because people were like this alleged fucking Marine like he wasn't really so I was like okay I'm, I was in the Marine Corps like here's my in my goddamn little cute uniform and um then then um the guy was like oh you have like a boot stack and in the military when you get called a boot it's usually a terminology for a new person but it can also be a terminology for someone that did not do shit in the military like you did nothing and <laughs> it kind of proved my whole point He's like, you are, he's calling me a boot and you wouldn't know anything. And like, all you did was just hang out and not really serve in the military. And he's like, that proves my point, dude. I didn't do anything. I didn't do shit. And I got the same benefits you did because it's fucking welfare. We all get treated the same. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. all get the same shit, yeah. no matter what you fucking do. Like, that's the thing is like, people think that we're either murdering people over there or being heroic, yeah, but everyone forgets about this other part of the military that don't do anything. And they just collect a paycheck and get all the Except pensions and, and, and get all the benefits. Right. Yeah, they just bleed money. It's just it's welfare, basically, for yeah. most people in the military. It's what it is. And to yeah. the ultimate form where you get literal houses built by the government and they, they assign it to you. You literally get like this, the clothing that you're supposed to wear every day. They issue that to you. Like all this stuff is like it's 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 worse than welfare because the result of it is not only massive conformity in our population it's destructions to societies and cultures and governments to, to all across the entire world it's fucking welfare to the worst extreme spicy welfare spicy welfare spicy welfare, <laughs> spicy welfare. i feel like that's the kind of uh that's Mike the title Cox. of the show i think yeah, spicy welfare. <laughs> there we go 
Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's kind of like the mic drop moment where um, I think we got to end this. Yeah. Yeah. That was good right there. That was, that was perfect way to end it. Typo. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> well, so guys, again, you know, we really appreciate you coming on with us um, and hanging out for so long. And while you're technically, you know, here with us, so Memorial Day isn't about you, um, <laughs> you know, we're very happy to have some veterans um, and that happen to be of the anti-war persuasion. Hell yeah. It's the best, best kind of veteran right there. That's, I think so. I think it's the strongest. Yeah. Strongest and and the, the cool thing it is, at least of what I've seen, this might be a little biased because I am a veteran as well, but it seems to me that when you do finally convince a veteran or someone that was in the military to come over to our side, they seem to be a more stronger, uh, outspoken person for the ideology and the philosophy that we believe in. Because, I mean, to me, I was the most uh, tricked, duped. I mean, I was so convinced that I was going to go fight and do something for America that I literally signed five years of my life to this institution and uh, once you kind of figure out like halfway through that you figure out that it's not what it, what you signed up for, it's um, it, it really like just totally because everyone, everyone in America just imagines, they just imagine what the military is like. They see yeah. Hollywood movies, they hear from their friends and they just imagine. So like you live in this imagination of what it's going to be like and then you get there and it's not what they sell you. It is damn worse than what they sell you. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it does take, it takes strong character, strong people to be able to admit that they were wrong, um, that they were fooled, um, you know, because nobody wants to be, nobody likes getting played the fool. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it goes to what you're, you're saying earlier, like it becomes so tied to people's identity, at just like, you know, politics, just like people's stances on COVID this year, like it becomes your identity and then you can't escape it without having it all Mm -hmm. destroyed and like unless again you're a strong enough person to kind of make it through all that rubble you know most people won't go through the trouble that rhymed not i mean it's just like when people go to four (laughs) yeah four when people go to four-year universities and they always wear their college attire because they're proud that they went to this college yeah the same thing just ran by the fucking government that's true yeah, no, I rag. All I do is rag on the fact how, I mean, I, I went to college, I got a degree, but you know, my boyfriend didn't and which of us is more successful? Maybe him. Probably yeah, him. It's, it's, yeah. It's one of those things, right? Where you know? it's like, what, what determines success isn't like the degrees or anything else like that. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. it's completely different and it has everything to do with like you yourself and what you believe in and how you work to where you're at and and sometimes it takes some of us longer, like Typo and I. It took us a while. <laughs> it took us a while to figure it out. And I think we're on the right track now. <laughs> yeah, it seems so. <laughs> All right. So um, for anybody listening to us who hasn't heard of you guys before or know where to find you, what is, where, where's the best place to find you? Listen to your podcast. What's the deal? Yeah, you can uh, find us on... <laughs> they live in the same house they have the same internet <laughs> it's really funny because we can hear everything but you guys can't hear us anymore yeah, yeah. 
Um, but like anyways, parallel universe. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, you can find us on everything. Uh, Instagram, uh, we're at Biting the Bullet Pod on Instagram. We're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, all of those. Our Twitter is Biting the Bullet Podcast, I believe. And then our we have a website. It's bitingthebulletpod.com. Um, and then you can find me at Keep It Real Luke on both Instagram and Twitter. Typo. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say bitingthebulletpod.com. You will literally find uh, all of our links to any any platform that you want to listen to us on, and it links to all of our social medias. So Biting the Bullet Pod is probably the best place to find us. Yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> um, and for our listeners, you know where to find us. Best reached on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, you can catch our podcast anywhere. Um and I'd say fuck YouTube and let's all move to Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah, I've heard that's the place to go. I, we, need to get, we need to make an account, but we're lazy and yeah. uh, haven't yet. Yeah. Kind of similar for us, too. <laughs> but, yeah. but technically, like, we're part of the MLGA network. Um, and so the hard work done by Cam and Ryan, our producers, they might already be doing it for us. Slash I'm have. hoping they do. I love you. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, if there's anything you guys like want us to put in the show notes, like send it our way, we will. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, you guys kept it pretty simple, I think. All right. Perfect. All right. Well, we uh, appreciate you having us on. It was a good time. Absolutely. Yes, thanks for coming. All right. Thanks, yeah. everybody.